Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash US slash get QR code. This is episode number 73 with our guests, Arnold Smith and Michelle Falcone. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thanks for joining us and spending your time. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Imagine for a second if there was an app available to improve your personal relationship by developing the habits that lead to a deeper connection and greater intimacy, all while having fun. Can't be done, you say. Well, would you believe it's already been done? I am, of course, talking about the Connection app, which was made specifically for those in a relationship, providing habit-forming challenges designed to lead to deeper personal connections and intimacy. Now, for the record, this is not, this not only improves personal relationships, but imagine what it can do for your business yeah. Our guests, well, thank you. Yes, indeed. Our guests today are the creators of the Connection app. It's Arnold Smith. He's an entrepreneur, speaker, writer, and consultant who specializes in behavior transformation. Oh, we're going to learn all about what that is. And as an entrepreneur, he focuses on solving complex problems with simple solutions. Who, knows, who knew that those existed? And Michelle Falcone is a life and business coach who believes in the potential of every human being and is committed to helping those she works with to obtain a life they love. Who doesn't want that? Welcome to the two of you, not one, but two of you, Arnold Thank Smith, you. Michelle Falcone, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the great introduction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's your credits and um, your shtick. So thank you for all that. So let's get into this. Um, right off the bat, I've noticed personally that if, if I'm not connected, and, and we'll certainly understand that word a little bit more as we go further, if I'm personally not connected to myself or my wife, in any sort of personal situation, my business suffers. How are those two things connected and related? Mm. Yeah, it, it's a great point. It's amazing how, I mean, of course the adage, happy wife, happy life applies. But one of the things I think that's so important to understand is that how we connect with people in every aspect of our lives has a massive difference. You know, when you walk out the door and you've got that spring in your step and you've got a positive feeling in your heart, Mm. um, every interaction after that, uh, you're more effective, Mm. whether it be with your customer, with your employees, with your uh, clients. I mean, it doesn't matter. Every single one, you're more effective. Um, You know, Sean Aker calls it the happiness advantage, which is a wonderful book. But it really does program you for effectiveness when you're in a positive state. Yeah, very much the law of attraction, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. And, and what is it about how do we 
what is the basis or the foundation or the steps to be able to connect? What is, is it a frame of mind? Is it a combination of confidence and frame of mind? What do we need to put ourselves in the best position to be available to connect, ready to connect? First of all, we need to be present. We must be present with one another, which means not being in our heads, but being in our hearts and really listening to one another and being with one another. You have to be present in order to have that connection. Yeah, and, and you know, Josh, I mean, I talk about in my bio solving complex problems. Like, it kind of sounds complex. Let's go connect with people. Let's go be more loving in the world. Let's, mm -hmm. let's do that. And then you go, okay, what is, well, how do I do that? Like, it's, like, let's explain it. And in reality, we all already know how to do it. It's just not automatic. Mm -hmm. So unless you create these habits, then it's not an automatic response to our life. So our brains are wired to notice what's wrong. That's what keeps us safe. If you're walking around in your environment, it's what is out of place that you notice because that has, that is a potential threat. That's biological. We don't, we don't think about that. It's not something we create. That just happens automatically. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the parts of your brain in making decisions, there's three parts of your brain that make, uh, they're involved in every decision. The cerebral cortex, the dorsal striatum, and the nucleus accumbens. Now the cerebral cortex is the only part of your brain that cares about the future. The dorsal striatum says, do what we've always done. And the nucleus accumbens says, let's party. Just do what you're feeling. Just whatever. You want to throw that chair through that window? Yes, let's do it. I don't care. There's no, no consequences. So each of those battle for dominance every time you make a decision. Now, the one that cares about the future takes the most resources. So it takes energy, it takes more calories, it takes mm -hmm. conscious thought. It's not automatic. You have to consciously do that because, of course, we're a machine and we're wired to be uh, in optimal performance. So if we don't have to think about where we're going, you get in your car, you drive, you just go mm -hmm. into that habit. It's just autopilot. You don't have mm -hmm. to think about it. That's the way we're wired as people to go into an automated response so we don't have to use as much resources. That's what keeps us survival. Yeah. And it's the same thing with connecting with people. You know, when you look at um, being present to gratitude mm. or encouraging someone or just simply acknowledging the positive, it requires that conscious thought. And those are three of the connection habits. Yeah. Those three right there. Wow. Anything to expand on those? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, so. So much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So um, when we say solving the complex, so we want, uh, love is the highest state we can be in. That is, we're in the most productive, where we're in a state of feeling love. That is when our body is in optimal performance state. And there's a physiological response to love that is measurable and so the research that we did to develop the connection app is what are the actions that are proven through fmri and other research to, to show that same physiological response as love and that's where the connection habits came from and so things like just being encouraging or uh, from a, a layman's perspective just saying i believe in you to mm -hmm. someone you know when you say that to someone else they have a positive response. But the cool thing is, is that the way that people experience emotions or to read emotions is that we also experience those emotions. There's something called mirror neurons. Mm -hmm. And when you're really feeling connected with someone, you feel what they feel. Yeah. So when you are making or helping someone else to get into this positive state, you actually have that at the same time it's it's an energy exchange between the two people hmm. that's that's amazing I, I i can certainly see that in my in my life and my past um i spent so much of my life especially early on and middle on and even late on up until when i made this shift into the quote unquote version of myself i am today and this brand and moving along that i spent decades 
feeling disconnected, feeling yeah. isolated, feeling alone, showing up, wondering, why, why doesn't anybody get me? Why can't I feel a natural connection to anybody? Now, mm -hmm. I, I've since been able to say, well, I was sort of cut off from myself. I wasn't loving myself. Yeah. I was needy. I was desperate. I was insecure. Mm -hmm. I was all those things. Uh, I'm not showing up open, loving, giving, right? So how, my, how is anybody, I'm not letting anybody in. Is that right? the story? Yeah, that's the story. And that's where it starts with is self. Right. When you're, you, you just mentioned that you were disconnected from yourself, right? Shut off from yourself. Mm. That is um, what's going on for a lot of people. And yeah, yeah go ahead, Arnold. Well, I was just going to say, you know, and that's what happens is when we feel shut off or depressed or have anxiety or stress, our tendency is to close, it's to shut down. Mm -hmm. our, we don't want to, we don't, it's not like we want to reach out to people at the moment. It's actually the mm -hmm. opposite. We want to, we got to close the door. We want to just lose ourselves in a video game or a TV program or whatever. We just, we don't want to think about it. It's the state, right? Yeah. But what really helps us get out of that is actually connecting with people. There's a, a great book called The Upward Spiral by a guy named Dr. Alex Korb. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's a neuroscientist perspective on how to do the things that get you out of depression. And one of the things he talks about is you don't even need to talk to people. Simply going out of your house and being in a coffee shop mm -hmm. around people has an impact on your physiology because the, the essence of their energy melts with yours and it reduces your stress. And now, of course, loving conversation with another person has a, a, a bigger impact. But if you can't get there, simply if you're not feeling it, just getting out and being around people actually makes that difference. I love that, just how simple that is. It's amazing that just being with people yeah. can it, make us feel better. You know, it's one of our basic human needs yes. to be in community and connecting with one another. We actually need it to survive. Yeah, and I feel like I've known that. I've longed for that for so long. But again, always felt like I was disconnected and uh, then had all sorts of intimacy issues in every way we can define that from top mm -hmm. to bottom. I just couldn't, you know, even in uh, uh, personal relationships, it, it, didn't, it didn't ultimately work because right. of this guy, right? That's, yeah. it, it, it seems like it starts and ends with us. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So may I ask you what changed for you? Oh, well, well, sure. That's a um, great question. A, a long conversation, long story short. Um, I, I, I acknowledged all my life that I was showing up uh, mm -hmm. as a version that I expected or, or thought others expected of me. I continued to play this role of not worthy, not mm -hmm. capable, not validated, always seeking it, but continuing to tell myself the same story that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And then mm -hmm. I produced that scenario over and over again, became increasingly frustrated behind closed doors because I knew, like I think you um, alluded to Arnold, that we know what's happening, we know what's possible, we know what we're capable of, but we shut it off. So I'd get frustrated because I knew I wasn't showing up in the best way I could. And I saw others doing it. And I'm like, oh, they get to, but I can't or yeah. I wouldn't. And I, I hid behind fear, made up all excuses to remain in this story and version that I continue to perpetuate for myself. Jump to present day. I have two adoring children. I have a five-year-old daughter, a three-year-old son, who I always give shout-outs to because they have inadvertently and quite surprisingly become my saving grace here where I always knew I'd be a good father. I always knew I wanted to play that role. And thankfully, I've been given that chance. But little did I know it would be the thing that would get me out of this because they, like all little human beings, their perfection, they show up in the world, uh, their, their selves and they're confident and brilliant and creative and playful and loving and secure and all these things. And yeah. I'm showing up uh, kicking and screaming and I don't want them looking at me saying, Oh, that's how it's done. I got to kick and no, 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 don't do what I'm doing. Continue to do what you're doing. 
So finally, I said, I, I, I just have to move out of your way. I just want to support what you guys are doing. Be part of this. And slowly but surely, I started replacing all those negative habits with better ones, taking honest inventory, being honest yeah. with yourself. Oh, yeah. and Self-awareness. I love that. I have, I, I have that written down here to talk about because I know that's something you guys talk about. Yeah. It is self-awareness and taking an honest mm-hmm. look. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop hiding. And I'm, I know what I'm capable of. I'm just going to yeah. do it. And lo well, and behold, yeah. I, first of all, I want to thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for sharing yourself. But I, I want to just acknowledge that what I'm hearing is that your love for your daughters inspired you to be your authentic self, right? <laughs> that is exactly right. My, uh, yeah. my daughter and my son, it is exactly that. And, um, a and little, um, a little nuance of the story. Like I said, I always knew in my head that I'd love to be a father and I'd probably enjoy it, but I, excuse me, I wouldn't have gotten to a place in my life where I willingly said, okay, universe, I am ready. I am mature enough to become a father. But at 39, I was in a committed relationship with the girl who has since become my wife. And um, we didn't, you know, we we were just boyfriend, girlfriend at this time. So we didn't go in uh, looking to have children, but you know how things work out perfectly. And we found up, she calls me one uh, September morning and says, are you sitting down? I said, yes. She says, we're pregnant. And I immediately fell in love. I was like, this is not with her. I was already in love with her with, you know, with the idea. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Thank you universe for pushing me in that direction. Oh, I, I, I just love that you know and see it that way. Oh yeah. 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 Everything happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, now so I'm able, and now I'm able to connect. That's yeah. The power of that connection, you know, really changed your life. Yeah. And, you know, uh, when you look, talk about connection, I mean, it's so, for kids, it's so simple. I mean, they just are, right? They don't, they don't have any, um, uh, uh, any uh, filters. They're just who they are. Correct. And as we get older, we start um, judging ourselves. We start seeing all of our faults. And we start, really, we, ha- we, start, we begin to carry our history with us. And we relate to ourselves like we are who we were. We are our history. You know, like if I think about all the times that I messed up as a teenager or, you know, like all the, all the broken parts of me that I carried through, I'm not that. And I'm not that now. And I think that for most people, one of the biggest things to transform is the idea that we are who we've been. Mm. So when we talk about the connection habits, what we're focused on is habits, because that is mostly what we do. We are, people are mostly automated. So we mostly do what we've always done, unless we use that part of our brain, we generate the energy to make a different choice. But it's not, we don't always do that. And the first step, you know, the hidden step in, in, in habit transformation is often just believing that it's possible, that I am not shy. I am not, um, you know, afraid to public speak. I'm not afraid of risk. Like, oh, I don't take risk. We relate to ourselves. We we make these declarations about who we are, like it's true. Mm. I've defined myself. Oh, I I mm-hmm. could never do that. Mm. Well, it's true. You just said it. But in reality, yes, we have habits to overcome. And I love what you said earlier about slowly but surely. And most of us don't give ourselves the, the slack, you know, no. like, you know, Expectations. It, it, you know, there's this great myth out there that mm. it takes 21 days to form a new habit. And so we read a book and then we go out there and we start with 21 days and they get through 21 days. And then like, uh, you know, three months later, you're back exactly where you were. And you went, I did 21 days. What happened? Yeah. And it's total BS. Yeah. That came from, uh, I think, Maxwell Schmaltz. Anyway, a, a a pop psychologist in the 50s, a plastic surgeon, noticed that it took his patients about three weeks before they began to feel comfortable with their new prosthetic or whatever. That, that's just comfortable. You're you know? just starting to get into food, right? So, There's so, a big difference. <laughs> so then he, he perpetuated this myth that it takes 21 days to form a habit. Now, since then, there's been a bunch of research that's been done. And uh, I think uh, some 
great research by Philippa Lally out of the College of London, anyway, something like that. And what she found is it actually takes between 18 and 256 days to form a habit, and on average, 63 days. So for most of us, it takes like several months mm -hmm. of consistent effort before things start to become automatic. And so when we look at our lives, um, it is that those little behaviors that make all the difference. I love Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect. Mm -hmm. um, Darren Hardy, a longtime publisher of Success Magazine, he talks about how um, you will not change your life in a meaningful way until you change something you do daily. The secret of success is in your daily routine. Mm -hmm. So true. So oh, true. Yeah, so, it's, it's just so important to understand that it takes time and effort to change behavior. How mm -hmm. I resisted you know? that. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, my whole life, I was mm -hmm. like, no, no, I'm smart. Yeah. I, that's for other people. Mm -hmm. For other people, they have, to do, they have to be organized and they have mm -hmm. to have a daily routine. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> Mm. I love that I'm sharing. really smart. I love so, that you're sharing that, Arnold. I'll figure out yeah. a shortcut. Because that is, that is like, I'm going to say one of the biggest blocks for so many people oh. is that they think, oh, no, no, there's got to be a better way. Or there's, and you, you spend years trying to figure out that way, right? That you can make it easier. But the truth is, is that anybody that is, you know, living a great, happy life and achieving what they you know, really desire, they have worked hard on, you know, changing behavior and learning the habits to be successful. That's exactly what it is. And I love so much of what you said. I'm there. I relate to it. Um, I understand that, um, like you said, you've used the word comfort and comfortable a few times. It is about that. Whether it's uh, non-serving, we find comfort in the pain, for example. Mm -hmm. We will always go back habitually to the pain because it's familiar and comfortable. And what we need to do is get out of that and daily go into things deliberately that are are uncomfortable that's the only way you're going to change and I love the uh, how you pointed out the daily habits because that's what I find myself doing today I have a few dozen if I were to uh, you know draw them out here of little things that I do every single day that most times are uncomfortable like for example I get up deliberately and specifically at 6 a.m., right? Uh, I know that there are some people even earlier, there's a 5 a.m. club that I'm like, yeah, right? that's, that's my partner. <laughs> yeah, I've partners in with that 5 a.m. I'm, I'm at six. Maybe, yeah. maybe when our kids are grown, right? Like right. we need that extra time at night after bedtime yeah. for sanity, right? I'm actually happy with the 6 a.m., but I get up at 6 a.m. Um, because I started reading over and over all the successful people who I wanted to model and emulate and be mm -hmm. like. I'm like, they're all getting up early. I could get up early. That's one thing. Do you think I want to get up early? No, I want to sleep in, but, but it's a choice of uncomfortability I'm willing to do. And then the first thing I do when I get up is I go on the treadmill and I run. Is that comfortable? Of course not. It's not comfortable. But if I'm weighing my options, choices, I choose that uncomfortable choice because I know that is going to serve me and my mind and my body and my spirit much better in a series of daily habits. Oh, yeah. that's so awesome, Josh. Yeah. Yes. And, it, and it's true. And eventually, the, this is the thing that most people don't understand. Eventually, that becomes the draw. Like you can't, you know, there's a, there's a time when it's uncomfortable, but then you actually have the habit oh, yeah. of being uncomfortable. You crave that because you yeah. crave that reward. It becomes mm. your habit. So when you're not doing it, you actually feel like you're missing something, right? So one of the, mm -hmm. the other piece of research that we did for our app was around um, how do people change? Why do people, how do people change and what prevents them? You know, so around the habit formation, this is where I started to fall in love with neuroscience and brain scans, um, you know, but really understanding how does our brain work? How do people work? Because I got so frustrated, Josh, I, you know, so both my parents died when I was young, and so I felt pretty broken. So over the course of my life, I, over 20 years, I did a lot of personal development work. And I, and I felt like, oh, I got the piece of information I need to change everything. Yes, I'm ready. And then I'd go back and in my life and then 
change was so slow or it didn't happen at all. And I was like so frustrated. I was like, I know what to do. I, what is going on? It's not fair. I now know. We read the book. I know what to do. I've got the seven habits of highly successful people. If I just do those, everything will change. Yet. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody, like, it's not a secret how to lose weight. You burn more calories than you eat. Like, this is not complex. And yet, worldwide, the, the weight loss injury is $44 billion. Well, the trick is taking the action, right? Yeah. And implementing it into your life. One thing, knowing, but knowing isn't enough. It's not. And so, so for me, I was like, okay, so what is going on here? Why is it that I'm a smart guy, I know what to do, and I'm still not doing it? That was the part I became super curious about. And, and the so, answer. And the answer. <laughs> well, the answer is that it all comes down to our habits and our automated response. Like scientists can't quite agree how much of us is automated, but it's about 95 to 99%. So that means like you're only making conscious decisions about, you know, 12 minutes out of the entire day. Oh my goodness. So think about that. And, the, you know, when you look at the gurus out there in the world, what they're working on, that meditation, mm. why mindfulness is so important mm. is because they increase that number. They become less automated or they actually create the habits mm -hmm. that lead to success. So those are the two things. And so it's like, well, then how do you change your habits? And so what is a habit? And so the first part of a habit is a trigger. And the trigger triggers a routine because you crave a reward. Love so it. Doesn't happen because of repetition. A habit happens because you crave the reward. Mm -hmm. So what happens though is that both the trigger and the routine become unconscious. So we get triggered, we do the routine because we crave the reward, even when the reward is taken away. Like like you smoked the cigarette for the first time, you got that habit, and then you got this like good feelings. Even when you're smoking a cigarette and you're no longer getting those good feelings, you still crave it. And that whole process is unconscious. And so you brought up awareness earlier. And so the very first step after belief, after believing it's possible that you can be a different person, that you can change, mm -hmm. is you have to become aware of what is triggering your routine. Yeah. And so in, in Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, he talks about how if you want to, ideally you want to replace the routine with one that gives you a similar reward, but actually gives you the results you want. Can so, you give us an example of what a trigger is in this situation and then take us through the, that process? Perfect. Okay. Um, so you get home from work. This will be, I'll give a personal example. And I go, and I sit down on the couch. What's the first thing I, so the first thing I do is I go, okay, well, I'm going to reach for the remote. Of course. Right. And so I sit down on the couch or I get home and I want to sit down on the couch because I want to relax. So then that triggers an entire evening of routine. And so I'm on the couch and I'm watching TV. When I'm watching TV, the TV triggers me to get a salty snack or a sugary snack. Mm. And so then I go and get that and you go into this process and you have a routine and routines kind of stack up on each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're, if you're going to change that habit, so what am I getting? What is the reward that I'm getting from sitting down on the couch? And it's not simple. It's not like my bum feels comfortable. Hmm. There's a bigger reward than that. There's like, I, I get to relax. I get to feel peaceful. I get to sit still. Like there's, I mean, so you can break that down. You get so to forget about your day. Yeah. yeah. So so it's a, perfect. So you get to forget about your day and let the day go and start the evening. So what you could do is when you feel that trigger to sit down on that couch, you say, okay, now you make the conscious choice. So you know that walking into your house is a trigger. Mm. And so then you say, okay, when I walk into my house, now instead of doing that, I'm going to go and hug my wife, play with my kids for five minutes, you know, something else that you really is part of the life that you really want. Mm -hmm. A pattern called, interrupt. Pa yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to interrupt that. Yeah. And that's called, that's called habit stacking, mm -hmm. where you attach a new behavior to something that you're already doing every day. Everybody gets out of bed every morning. 
using that as a trigger for a routine that you want, for example, that I, I get out of bed, that triggers me to go on the treadmill. That's my trigger. It's a hot trigger. I can act on that immediately. So you got to have your coffee first. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. I work on my book. I got to have my coffee. Well, believe me, I am. Um, I require require two cups of coffee before before my day officially begins. However, I, I I never knew I'd be this person, but I am able to work out first and then have the coffee. It's it's wow. incredible. Wow. But, but yeah. But coffee must be had. Let's make no no bones about that. Coffee <laughs> must be had. No leaving the house without coffee. It it cannot happen. And I'm okay with that. Do you want me? Do you want me to? Uh, do you want to know about a study about does coffee make you more effective as a person? Do you want to hear that study? Sure. Okay. So the study was, and I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose all the coffee drinkers. I drink coffee every day as well. But so obviously it's an addictive something. We get addicted to it. Does it actually improve our performance? So they looked at people and they said like cognitive ability, be able to remember things, you know, focus, all those kind of things. And it no question improves your performance, but not more than someone who's not addicted to coffee. So someone who's not addicted to coffee and does all those tests, they score as good as you do when you have coffee. So what happens is because of our addiction and our craving, our performance gets lower and we need coffee to get oh. back to normal. Interesting. <laughs> so the I reality just, is that coffee doesn't improve our performance. It actually just gets us back to where people who aren't addicted to coffee already are. I don't even see it as a uh, tie-in to performance level. I just know it's a tie-in to I will not be grouchy and, <laughs> I will not, and I will not have a headache all day. I'm that's, with, I'm with that's you. Only, that, those are the only two things yeah. I'm solving. Yeah. Although there are studies that also sure. show that it improves with uh, a stroke recovery. So there is some health benefits. So, yeah. you know, if you're, oh, if you're loving it, sure. love it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I just like the little pick me up from yeah. it, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm just going yeah. to have a sip of my coffee. Yeah. Hey, you and me both. I got mine right here in the, in the canister. Um, <laughs> let me, um, let me bring each of you back to see how we got here. If you could each share, uh, take us back to your upbringing as a child. What was life like growing up for each of you? Hmm. you want, I'll start you with start. that. Yeah. So, um, well, my parents divorced when I was quite young. I was four years old. Hmm. And um, we, at that time, we moved um, with my grandparents and, and lived with them for a few years and in the same community. And um, it was really quite lovely. And then at seven, um, my mom wanted to move my sister and I back to the city um, with good intention. Um, however, we ended up moving into a very rough inner city community and um, it was very, very challenging. So my childhood from age seven till I'd say 16 was just full of adversity. And, um, you know, I, went, I really went through a lot. I learned a lot about life, you know, just with the people that I grew up around and the things that I, you know, um, observed. And it was very, I'm going to say interesting because I did, you know, a lot of my friends had really, were, were pretty much on their own. They had parents that were drug addicted or, um, you know, just not parents not around at all. And um, I actually did have a, a pretty strong foundation. So I really um, became, you know, a very much a, a bright light as, as a child and always reaching out and helping people. And, you know, I, I managed to, um, I'm going to say I managed to get through that tough time by helping and connecting with people, um, mm. just really making a difference. And yeah. the learning of, from that experience for me was um, compassion and understanding and the power of accepting um, when people felt loved, loved and accepted, mm. the difference that it made for them. Yeah. yeah. So this whole you into the connection world today, it seems like uh, was from that chunk of time, seven to 16 adversity, a lack of connection. So you, you, you were missing it? Uh, yeah, I think that I was missing, during that time, I was definitely missing connection. So I was creating it 
myself, mm. right? Creating it myself mm-hmm. and then helping others in, while doing so. What, what did you think of the world during that time as much as you remember? Were you, were you longing for a better space in, in the near, like, like were you saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to show the world or oh, was it just beating you down? Where, where were you at that pivotal I, age? I, oh, I always knew that there was better. I, I always knew. And in fact, I knew when I was younger, I remember thinking that as soon as I'm old enough, as soon as I am old enough, I am going to create the life that I want to live. Mm. Yeah. Did you have, I, I, I love that phrase. Did you have any idea, even at that age, how you were going to do it? Or did you just say, I'm resilient, I'll figure it out? Or did you have a plan at that point? No, no plan, but I just knew. And I knew it would be with people. Just, I just always connected with people. It was always, yeah, and I just knew. Is that, jumping to today, is that the secret that it is about connecting with other people? Yes. Yeah. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. yeah. The more that I'm through my, my business here and as an entrepreneur, I see it. I get it. That seems to be everything. It's the, the, the more people you connect with, or I should say the, the right people that you connect with and how you connect with them. Yes. And, and what's, what's really important to know, though, is that you must be open to it. Go ahead. What does that mean? Right. Because if you're not open to seeing it, well, being open is, um, you know, being in your heart and trusting that when people show up, they're showing up for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always mean that you're meant to be with them or follow them or, you know, go down that path with them. Mm-hmm. But they're showing up for a reason. And then it's up to you to, you know, filter through that and decide, do I, do I want to know this person? Do I want to be their friend? Is, you know, yeah. they're, they're here to teach me something. Um, but they're always, you know, whether it be something positive or negative, if there's everybody comes to your life to learn something from. And it's, it's amazing because I spent this, this very last weekend in, in Utah at a business mastermind with 12 other business people who I've never met before. Well, I've actually met a few of them, but the vast majority we've never met before. And we spent two days together and it was extraordinary on every level. And after the fact, I said, you know what? Those people brought out the best in me, which means who you spend your time with is everything. It, they're either going to bring out the best in you or the worst in you. So you have to figure out who you're connecting with and at, at what level. Josh, I, I want to, I think it, it's so true. You know, if you want to change, um, changing your environment is one of the best ways to do that. Hence, you know, who you hang out with. But it's not everything. And I know I'm really specific about our language because our language creates our world. Go ahead. And it, it is possible. You know, it, it takes way more to generate yourself around people who are negative, who are fearful, who are, it takes something to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the easiest ways to automate that process is to be around people who do that all the time, who are more present, who are, mm-hmm. who, are who you want to be. But if you don't have to have that. It is possible to be in circumstances surrounded by people who are not that and you still be that light like Michelle talked about. You know, you don't, it's, it's harder. It takes more because you have to generate it yourself. It's not, you don't just automatically emulate. Mm-hmm. And, I, I actually, yeah. when I'm in a situation like that, my internal, my internal dialogue is rise above this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to rise. I'm not going to lower my energy. Yes. You know, I rise and, and hopefully inspire. So there's always something to learn, as you're saying, Arnold, even in those less than ideal situations. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're just reminders. Well, and I, I also <laughs> yeah. just want to reach out to the people who think, well, I don't have, like, it's hard to, like, surround yourself with millionaires and perfect people. Like, like we need that. Like, it's hard to do. And oh, so yeah. we just don't want to create this idea that you have to have that in order to succeed. You don't, it certainly makes it easier. You do want to find those people who help you believe in yourself. And here's a great example of that. So I worked on this project for years before I met Michelle. 
and I've been developing it along and, you know, didn't quite get it off the ground, kind of fits and starts. I was moving along, doing a lot of research, kind of, you know, the stuff that was in my office, you know, like I had plans, I had it all worked out. I knew what we we're going to do and had all these ideas. But then I told Michelle about the idea. I said, hey, you know what, human connection, you know, having people be more loving, really define that, make them habits, you know, and she's like, that's really interesting. And so then a week later, she called me up and she said, hey, you know, what was that thing? That, can we talk about that? We went for breakfast and, and that was the first person who followed up with me and said, I love that idea. I want to talk to you about it. And so I said, Michelle, do you want to be my business partner? And Michelle has this superpower. <laughs> and the superpower is that um, she sees people's potential, who they could be. Mm. And so by I don't know who, who they're meant to be, who they're meant to be or who they really are, yeah, maybe is really a better way really to say are. that. Yeah. And so she reflected that in me, which allowed me to take the steps to really make things happen. So since that, obviously that's a year ago, uh, well, we met before that, but since we became partners a little over a year ago, a little over a year ago yeah. and step by step, you know, like it just we made stuff happen. And so that's the power of people. That's the power of connection. If you're sitting there and you're stuck, there is a person out there that will get you unstuck. And it could, I think back to all the mentors that have helped me, so true. all the business people. So, so many people are willing to help if mm. you act. And if you want your dream to become a reality, you have to, it's about connecting with the people. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, the idea of being known, and I think you talked about that, like that fear of intimacy. Intimacy is, is the idea of just being known. Oh, I love that definition. Go ahead. And so, you know, as our fear, because we see all of us, you know, we see all the parts that are not so good. And we hit we, all the decisions that we make every day that aren't that great. You know, we see all that. And so we say, well, who am I yeah. to do that? And so, who are you know, you not? But you know, like, and so there's this great fear of like, if I put myself out there, they might really know me. Mm -hmm. And then I will be, I will be seen as the fraud. How many times have you heard the story of famous actors or athletes who talk about, I just feel like a fraud. I feel like, I don't feel like it's real. It's because we see ourselves and it's this fear of being known that really often prevents us from taking action. Wow. But it is, how can you do anything in the world if people don't know who you are? And you, Elon Musk, you name anybody who's done big things. Yeah. Um, uh, that you have to be known, and you know, like, and people will take shots. You know, like, there's not one leader out there that's just part of it who doesn't get knocked down. Yeah. And, and you what, have to have that inner fortitude. What I do they say that that's the point that you arrive when someone's yeah. shooting you down? Go ahead. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's actually the, the sign that you're up to something big, right? Yeah, that people are noticing and, and, and you're triggering something in them. So mm -hmm. yeah, keep going. As you were going to say? I just, I think it's just so helpful for everyone to know and understand that we're all in this together, that everybody has those same feelings of fear and um, get mm. to the you know, the place that um, Arnold was talking about of the fear of being known. We, we are all in that together. It's, um, there's perfectionism is, you know, doesn't exist. It doesn't. And, and I think that this is a big part of why we get stuck is because we are always looking outward and we somehow convince ourselves that other people have it easier or other people are better at things or other people, you know, they just have this easy life and it comes easy. So, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, it's so true that I was, um, I spent so much of my life trying to please everybody else, get everybody else's approval. And then eventually, much later in life, I realized I don't even like these people. <laughs> these people aren't even respectable. Yeah. They're not even good. Like, no argument. They're not even good people. And I'm like, would you please like me? Let me, you know. And it's oh like, my gosh, Josh, I had such a similar experience. Yeah. There's yeah. a. Very similar. We need to talk. We, we, we did this really cool workshop. I got to share this. We did this really Please. cool workshop and it was um, with horses. Mm. So it was a coach that works with horses to teach you about executive leadership. Oh, I love it already. 
Yeah. I'm right? Yeah. Um, so one of the things in the mammal world, so, uh, so mammals on, a, on an animalistic level, there's- Which we are, let's- Which we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we start with respect, and then we move to trust, and then we move with love. This is how horses operate. And so the big mistake that people make with horses, they go, oh, hello, coochie, coochie, coochie. Oh, love. They want to start with the love. Whoa, what's that? And so the first step wow. in when you're interacting, and this is biological with everybody, the first step is respect. Mm -hmm. Then it moves to trust. Perfect. And then you can develop love. But if you don't respect yourself or demand respect, then why then you can't get to those other two levels yeah and i think like that seeking approval man i yeah i was like oh that's that was like eye opener for me i love that such great learning it was such an incredible experience yeah. but then again right so back to self mm. arnold can, can you um can you connect the dots for us and uh, share your childhood and how that was because we never got to that point Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, both my parents died when I was young uh, my dad, when I was nine, my mom, when I was 17. Hmm. And, um, you know, when my dad died, I really just saw in the world that, that there was kind of broken. Like I, like obviously world gets shattered in that moment. But when I looked around at other people, I thought, you know what, I'm not the only sad person here. Like it is rare to see that person walking around with joy and a twinkle in their eye. That, that was when I was like, so it, it occurred to me like that something's wrong in the world. You know, the world is, is missing joy for some reason. And, you know, obviously I was an angry, difficult child. I was like, the world is broken and sucks. You know, basically it was between nine and 17 when mom died. That was how it was. And after my mom died, I was like, this, like, what's the point? This, let's, let's just, let's just end it. Cause this is, life is not working out for me. So hmm. let's just stop. You know what I mean? And it was on my, on my 19th birthday where I felt like, okay, what's, what's the decision here? Am I, am I going for it or not? And I, I made the decision that I was going to live the life of my dreams. I kind of had this, this sense that, you know, here it was, all my ancestors had overcome everything that they'd overcome, you know, hardships that I can't even have any idea for thousands of years so that I could have this miracle of this life right now. Hmm. And I thought, well, if I'm going to live it, if I'm going to live this life, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live the life of my dreams, damn it. And so I made that decision at 19, so 20 plus years ago. And I immediately started trying to play the guitar which, and sing because I thought, well, I'm going to be a rock star because, of course, that's the life of your dreams as a teenager at 19. Love it. Since yeah. then, I've matured <laughs> a little bit. But I began to see, um, you know, what does that actually mean to have the life of your dreams? And at first it was a journey to really accept myself. And then it became, you know, being the kind of person that people want to be around. Mm. And then it was, um, you know, becoming a great husband and then a great dad. And now, you know, it, you know here I am uh, 46 and I'm like, well, I, it's time that I use my talents. I've got that part. I, I'm happy with myself. I'm, I'm, I, my kids love me. My wife thinks I'm great for now, you know. <laughs> um, but if now it's time to do what I want in the world. And this goes back to that little boy who saw this problem where there's not enough people walking around with joy mm. in their eyes. Yeah. And that's a problem I want to solve. Mm. And, you know, so defining this loving, like it, it really is, you know, there's huge benefits. There's selfish reasons to be more loving. It puts you in a positive state. It makes people like you. It attracts the people to you. You know, if you want to feel loved, be loved, be the change you want to see in the world. And that's why we define it as simple things. Because if I say be loving, there's another step. You have to figure out what does that mean? Yeah. If I say, say thank you and tell someone the impact they have on your lives, that's easy. Oh, yeah, I can do that. That's a really simple instruction. That's the, the connection habit of appreciation. You know, or if it's encouraging people, you know, t once in a while, tell your partner that you believe in them, they can do it. And then if you do those things, you create a positive response for them, you get the positive response. And then that, that light gets lit yeah. in their eyes. You can see it happen, that moment where they stand a little straighter. And that's the gift that you get to give in, in 10 seconds, in 30 seconds, in two minutes. And it's so easy. But we're so oversubscribed in our life that we don't make that a priority. There, our to-do list is always too long. 
that takes over. And so our automatic, mm -hmm. that's not automatic. And this is why we built the app so that people could develop those habits to get those reminders say, oh yeah, I'm going to uh, let my best friend know the difference they've made in my life. Cause you know, how often do we put that on our to-do list? Yeah. So my, the, app, yeah go ahead. the app is designed to support you to, um, you know, what making what matters your priority. We're going to get right into this. I, 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 um, I want that to be the very next thing we talk about. Uh, but my intuition was right at minute one. There is a ton of topic we could go in. Like, like I want to, so much of what you're saying, we can go an hour into. Um, so uh, fascinating <laughs> stuff. <Yeah. laughs> Clearly, certainly. Um, seriously, though, I mean, there's so many follow-up questions that I'm just, you know, jotting down and I'm like, oh my God. But uh, time-wise, tell us as you were about to get into, Michelle, exactly. Let's focus on the Connection app available in all app stores, yes. What exactly, yeah. uh, what exactly is it? How do we use it? What is the end user experience? Well, the app is designed that you receive a daily spark. So every day you receive this daily spark that then prompts you to take an action. So it's actually, you know, getting you in action, practicing Love it. the habit. So that's, and that's how we change behavior, mm. right? Is taking the action. Like I said earlier, knowing isn't enough. You actually have to practice it and take the action. So daily, you are taking this action, which is around one of the seven connection habits. So it could be expressing gratitude. It could be um, acknowledging a person for the positive. It could be celebrating a success mm. um, with a person that you love. And we have two apps. One is the connection app for couples, and the other one is the connection app. So you can work on it with your intimate partner or you can do the connection app on your own, which is more focused on just practicing the connection habits with yourself yeah. and with others in your life, people yeah. in the workplace, family, friends. Yeah. And so the idea is that you, so we define what the connection habits are. We let you know like how to do them. And then we give you tips uh, to enhance your uh, experience or your, your understanding of it. So they're essentially skills that make you feel uh, make other people feel loved. Um, and so when you develop those skills, and then we remind you to do those things, because that's the part that in our lives, we just forget. And so, and then we know that one of the best ways to create a new habit is to kind of track your practice and rate how you did, but that's boring as hell. So, um, so what we did is we, we incentivize that by, so as you track your practice, you earn entries to win prizes. Uh, right now, we're just starting out, so our only prize is a trip for two, which we give away every quarter. So it's uh, $2,500 Canadian, uh, but you can, if you can translate that into American dollars, you get a cheaper trip. So uh, our first, um, our first uh, uh, couple are going to Cancun, all expenses paid, uh, all-inclusive. And our next giveaway, our next giveaway is actually on March 31st. Yeah, we're all about now, giving, Josh. Now, consider this, our first winners... Um, now we're new, so we don't like people, it's hard for people to earn entries. So if you get on the app right now and, and you rate your practice five out of seven days, you actually probably have a, this is probably one of the best chances you'll ever have to win a vacation. I, I, I'm, I'm being completely honest there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's the time <laughs> I told, I told this receptionist that I work at this office and I said, you know, you should get on the app. You know, it's, it was December 20th or something like that. Just before we went on a, a Christmas break and she goes, yeah, a lot, great idea. I'll do that. So she was on the app for one week. She earned one entry and she won the trip for two. It was like, that was it. So there's probably only a couple hundred entries right now to win this trip. Um, you can earn two entries between now and the draw simply by downloading the app and rating your practice. So download the app, join the challenge. It's all free. Well, there's a paid version, but there's free challenges to get earn the vacation. Um, you can start practicing the connection habits. Um, Right now, it's the connection app and then the connection app solo. Um, and it's, you have to include the, the, the connection app. There, there might be some rebranding happening, but it will still be the connection app. Um, but what, as Michelle pointed out, is the connection app is for everybody. And then we're going to have the connection app for couples. So that's the rebrand we're doing. But mm -hmm. right now, it's the connection app and the connection app solo. solo. 
And we'll certainly link to all of that in the show notes and description. Um, each of you, looking back on a younger version of yourself, what advice would you give that person? Go for it. Trust yourself. You have good ideas. You know, you, you are smart. You know what to do. Trust yourself and just be in action. Yeah. And forgive yourself for being a jerk. Everybody's a jerk. You know, like that's what happens. That's life. We got to go through it. Forgive yourself for the things that you don't do every day. Mm. I, I love that because um, as quote unquote good as I am today and healthy as I am today, nobody's perfect, right? So you'll yeah. do something, you'll say something that you realize you really weren't your best and you shouldn't have said or done in that way. And you could ruin your whole day and feel bad and kick and guilt and shame and oh, well, yeah. no, figure out how in the world to forgive yourself because that's yeah. what it's about. So key. Yeah. yeah, be in the flow. Mm-hmm. How would you I would, answer? I would say to my younger self, um, love yourself, trust yourself. You know, trust that inner voice and that inner guidance. And to push through the fear. You know, just keep going. Keep going and push through because you are worth it. The the brand, the hidden entrepreneur, was um was created when I finally realized that my goodness, I'm hiding behind fear and hiding all of my power for all too long. Was there a time that you could share when you were hiding behind fear and you knew you had to get through it? (laughs) Which one? Five minutes ago? (laughs) You know, I think it's, I think it's a daily practice, honestly, Mm. Josh, you know, um, it really is each time in our, in my life, Mm. there's been a, a level up, if you will where I, I am, I, I first let's affect my family or like a, have my own business or so me and the clients while well, I had to overcome fear there. And I'm like, well, let's make a difference for the, you know, this, this group of people or this community. Mm-hmm. And each time, each time I, I called myself to make a bigger difference, I had to really deal with fear. And, you know, even yeah. today, you know, that fear of being perfect, you know, I got, as I sat down and talked about this, this idea with my sage mentors who have been there and done that in their, you know, seventies, really successful. And they said, do good work, but don't do great work. Mm. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's, that's insane advice. But I realized what they meant was the difference between good and great is not as marginal for people. It doesn't make hardly any difference. So what they learned was that with their clients, doing excellent work was, you know, three times harder for them and made like 5% better difference for their clients. Mm. And so if you spend, and he said, if you spend all your time trying to do great work, you're going to go broke because you can't get it all done. And I found that is really hard to do being really committed to excellence and perfection, if you will, is to be like, this is good. Mm-hmm. And, and to have that be good, uh, huge. And every day it's that, that fear of like, this isn't good enough. Every, oh, every moment. And I'm reminding him every day, it's just about us being in action and being with the people and doing what we're doing, right? Wow. Well, mm-hmm. I will leave you with this final question. Arnold Smith, Michelle Falcone, how would you each like to be remembered? Remembered. Hmm. Uh, I want to be remembered as um, a very loving, caring person, um, loving partner, mother. Um, oh, my two daughters are, are my greatest ins- inspiration. Um, a person that made a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. A person I want to be remembered as being courageous. Nice. Being real. 
Mm-hmm. It, great question. I think it's two things. One is to that he lived the life that he wanted to live and that there's a lasting legacy, that there's a difference in the world because I existed, uh, that the world is better because I was there. And I, I would like that to be that, um, that people are more loving with each other, that people got into the habit of uh, supporting each other. Because I think that it's, at its core, that's what enables us to, make, to take the action and make the changes we need to make. And there's some changes we need to do in the world, you know, like, and we're not going to do that if we're not connected. The only way we're going to solve the world's problems is if we act as one. And the only way we can do that is if we feel, if we feel connected. Hmm. Wow. This has been a um, extraordinary episode, a fantastic dialogue. I want to thank you both for showing up. And I don't only mean that physically for opening up and showing up and for uh, connecting with us today. Every bit of a pun intended. Thank you for being here, guys. I really appreciate you. My pleasure, Josh. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And thank you to everybody tuning in, whether it is the live broadcast or the podcast episode. Thank you for spending your time and tuning in. We're going to do this again, not too far behind. Until we do, thanks for tuning in and go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.